It's USC week, Fighting Irish Faithful. This seems a little appropriate, given that we're uh, gonna face off again. Whoa, okay, a little a bit of f bombs here, but that's <laughs> okay. This show's ex officially in the explicit category. Whoops. I guess that's what happens when you get wrapped here, right? <laughs> Thank you for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful show, episode 19 of season four. Thank you very much. Bring on the Trojans. Let's prepare for the Trojans, however you want to describe this. Um, but yeah, uh, clearly Snoop Dogg is uh, going to be pulling for the Trojans. But I am not. I'm cheering for the Irish. And uh, we'll, we'll see We'll see what we do. But uh, first and foremost, we are on the Dos Leprechauns Media. This is Fighting Irish Faithful at Faithful underscore Irish. And I don't know if we're going to get the surf report from Red Snapper 1998 because he's just doing his thing and, you know, well, he works and this, that, and the other. So that's fine. All right, let's just go straight to some people. Got a lot of stat pieces to talk about. Still going to talk about Louisville a little bit and then kind of some good and bad about uh, the Trojans. But first, let's jump over to Jeff. You invited you to speak at Streeback. Jeff, welcome to the show. Unmute yourself. Pink button, lower left-hand corner. What's up, Joe? What's up? What's up? Oh, man. I'm still in a, a, a haze, I think, um, from Saturday night. But it, it's starting to leave me because hate week's here. I yeah. see Dos Capricorns is on. No Jason's beautiful fandom <laughs> for USC. Uh, Loving the not, avatar right here with the big cross yeah. X over the SC. I love it. I, I mean, I've never seen a human being that despises a university more than that man hates. Well, you and I got to hang out more. All right. So, <laughs> um, it, it's just a, uh, it's a bitter rivalry. It always has felt that way in Notre Dame stadium. I'm going to be there Saturday. It, it, oh, it's, man. Just, it's just one of those feelings where, you know, I, I was there for Clemson. I was there for Ohio state. Yeah, their fans sucked, but USC is just that different breed of asshole. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll say it since 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 we're rocking Snoop Dogg tonight and uh, playing, rap, I'll open up the filter a little bit. But yeah, that's fine. I, I I literally wrote down that we have to put this as the explicit piece. I I clearly did not have the radio edit version of that uh, of our intro song here. With Dr. Dre and uh, Mr. Snoop Dogg here. So do you, like, let me ask you this question, because this is kind of, and maybe this is a question for everybody. Would your opinion going into this SC game change? Or like your gut feeling or your mood, however you want to describe it. Would that be different if we had not had an embarrassing loss at Louisville? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I think... I think this is one of those times where we just have to kind of set aside that Louisville game and look forward because before I just had this different feeling like, oh, shit. Now now I, I do have that in the back of my mind. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I, I'm personally I, saving the oh, shit moment for the end of the podcast, but that's just, you know. <laughs> resilient and i saw last year 
that beginning of the season and watched a, a team that was, how can I say it? A team, I think, I personally think overachieved uh, in their record uh, after a few big wins and then they stumbled to Stanford. Let's not talk about that either. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. showed resilience part where you got a reaction out of the guys. And we got caught on our heels Saturday night. Oh, sure. We got, got caught on our heels on prime time in front of the whole country. And it was that Notre Dame is back. Like, people were like, oh, Notre Dame's back. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're back. They're choke artistry. Like, that pisses me off because I think there's so much to move forward on the season and we've talked about it in inside conversations off the record but we have to we have to understand something that listen guys that's one game and and marcus has been preaching this the whole year it's the one game theory mm-hmm. we're just looking and it, it's a bold here accountability and i take accountability from marcus but you know what He's one guy that refuses in his pressers, and I, I watched the whole press conference Monday and then his presser uh, Saturday night. You see it in his face that he knows who who is essentially on, I wouldn't say the chop, he knows what's going on. And, and that's something to address tonight and, and say because, oh, everyone's going to pin it on Marcus. Yeah. Because he's a guy sure. that he's the head coach. It's his record that goes into the record books, right? We're not used to that. Though. We're not used to that from the previous tenure. We were used to shots fired. This coach. Oh, we're blaming. We're blaming this player and this player for the monsoon game and at NC State. <laughs> we're used to that. You know, we're we're used to absorbing the accountability passed around right right we need to kind of take this step forward but i i think mark marcus is in the in the stage young coaching career where it's got to be hit or get hot he's got to start holding his coaches accountable because he's the one with well and and i think that's the thing like like yeah it's a big opponent and honestly i'd feel better if like say this was a different opponent or say we had a buy you know that we could kind of circle the wagons before going to sc and this is this is game eight this is the eighth game in a fucking row you know there's there's a couple stats here i was gonna kind of look into as kind of notes from our post game show and it was it was the uh oh gosh where the fuck did it go yeah the uh you know, this is our fourth night game in a row, so take that for what it is. You know, I don't really care that it's midterms. You know, those those guys, actually, they're going to be feeling really, really good Thursday night, Friday night when they're done with midterms. Okay, I'll say that. So so I'm kind of like, like the midterm thing, like, like if anything, it would have been more of an issue last week, right? Because, oh, shit, we got midterms next week. But now that they're going to be done with midterms, I'm kind of feeling better about that. But even then, that seems like a red herring to me. And then um, the other thing is is eight games in a row. Like I I didn't even bother going back into the archives of trying to figure this out because I know that hasn't happened ever. Um, and if someone has that stat, by all means, you know, let me know and we'll bring you up and you can correct me because I'm the first to admit when I'm wrong. Just like I was wrong that LSU uh, fucking somehow beat Missouri. You know, <laughs> what the wrong. hell is Mizzou? 
But anyway, um, which is unfortunate because I actually predicted two years ago that that was not going to happen. I was re- Twitter fingers are ready, and then that didn't happen, so I was doubly disappointed there. So, but no, I, I think you're onto something here that, um, like, like in my my opinion, just kind of to go off where where you're where you're coming from here with respect to Coach Freeman, is. I'm not saying that like this game is like a pivot and it's like this real like inflection point, like, Oh, you know, circle this, you know, and cover, cover you know, put highlighter around it. Like, nah. I don't really think that I think it's more like, like it, it's kind of like how the team responds. Like if we lose to SC, but it looks like we're, we're giving our all and we're playing disciplined football and you know, just, they got some better, better, you know, balls that bounce their way. I think that's a little different feeling versus the loss we had at Louisville, right? Like just the way it happened. And even then after like looking at some of the details, you know, with calmer heads and much more sober earlier today about the Louisville game, um, I actually felt a little better um, about some of the stats, the details, etc. And one of the things that, that made me like, kind of like forget some of the, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome I was kind of going through the next day because literally so I slept crappy after the game and I had I think I texted my brother this or somebody I had a dream that night you know going into Sunday morning I had a dream that my cats I have three cats but my cats just shit all over the house there's cat poop (laughs) everywhere you know, and like, like, you know how like you have a cat or, or a dog or someone, you know, and they, they've got like, like some sort of irritable problem, right? And they're dragging their ass across the carpet. Like, I had this like in my dream. I know this is gross. But like, there's like a brown street going like all the way across my master bedroom, right? Like just just poop everywhere. It's like, there is and which, which to me was very metaphorical of like, there are so many problems that I see in this game. I'm struggling to to figure out which one do we go try to address first and it's like if i've got if i've I've got cat poop all over my house okay where do i start you know you just start in a corner and work your way left to right or you know just so like between a bad dream waking up with the weather being cold um you know everything is just like feels like it was changing with notre dame and it's not what we expected it was certainly a change in my expectations of this football team and now i'm i'm very reticent to be like woo play the fight song let's go irish you know and and i'm not saying we can't do that right i'm trying to be very positive on twitter and just kind of keep my you know negativity in check you know yep because here's the thing like like Louisville, I'm not going to say it's a game that doesn't matter, but USC is a game that matters because we fucking hate them. Exactly. It, it's given that rivalry. It It's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. It, it's a rivalry. There, there is bragging rights at stake. There's playoff and uh, indirect playoff implications at stake. Well, certainly and, on their, for them. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Better, no one better to do it. I mean, they Notre lost Dame. to Tulane. They almost lost yeah. to Arizona. Like things like that make you feel good, right? I, I mean, Drew, Drew Pine, fucking Drew Pine. Well, he didn't put up much, much many numbers. But no, that last year that was his best game. Mm-hmm. That was they, his they, best they, game. Yeah, they they have struggled their past three games, starting with Colorado. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Eric. Caleb Williams, I don't think, is being figured out. 
but they are starting to expose the defensive side of the ball in big ways. And I really, really, really pray at night as a diehard Notre Dame fan that Jared Parker and our offensive staff does the same damn thing because it's not we could complicate things, right? Joe, you just said it. Both sides of all. Let these kids play. Let's stop trying to like. So I I have intel because I have close relationships with a a player at Notre Dame where we talk every week. Mm. And he played he played baseball for me at Andrean High School, and um, we talk every week. And one of the biggest things that bugged me in in my in my just whole being was is if I, I mean we saw the front four of Louisville just bomb rush us. Oh yeah, it was and rough. Um, there is things circulating that they had our snack because we left it up to the center mm-hmm. on the snap and they figured it they must have figured it out. And this is hearsay. There's no there's no credibility under this. But if that's the case, guys, we're Notre Dame. We're not a we're not a high school football team where we don't see the where we don't see that happen. We got coaches up the ass that maybe I that's mean, another that, reason to go under center, right? Instead of being in shotgun, because then your O line can fucking hear you. <laughs> well, <laughs> one man's yeah. opinion. I don't know. Hey Jeff, we yeah. are we are stacked on people. We'll give you one more minute because and then can we all start to bounce around with some other people. One more thing, just going into this USC game, you said it best. We should kind of use this model looking into this game. Don't overcomplicate things because this team will play so much more freer if we don't. Don't fucking change the wheel. Don't fucking change the wheel. Put that one on a t-shirt. No, the last time we did that last show, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, appreciate your Thanks, contribution. Joe. Stay on as long as you want. You know, we'll just put you on mute. And then, uh, uh, let's see, Coach Barcesian, we'll get him next because he was here on the beginning. And Dill Supercons, we'll just kind of bounce around. I see Mac, Mark with glasses, Andy for life, Benny, technical technician, Dill Supercons. All right, Coach Barcesian, I'm going to you next. Coach Barcesian, do you have the surf report? Probably not. That's more of a red snapper thing. I don't know where he is. I sent him a text. He didn't respond. What's up? Yo, Coach. It's USC week. Bring him on. Why not? Uh, yeah, well, not negative, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> you seem uh, you seem reserved in your... Uh, in your passion uh, right now, you're, you're, me thinks you're, you, you, let me ask you the same question in a roundabout way that I asked Jeff previously. Would your opinion going into this USC game change had we not, you know, laid a big goose, you know, a big turd down in uh, Louisville? Yes. Um, had we not just completely shit the bed? <laughs> Pretty much, I, that's the only way you can say it. We're in trouble. Did Did you look at my notes here? Because you're kind of teeing me up here for a, a, a bed shitting uh, related discussion here. But I'll, I'll let you finish your point. Go ahead. Well, 
I haven't seen any of your notes, but that's good. I've tried to just if you did. <laughs> look at everything from an unbiased opinion of, but it, it's we're in trouble. We are in serious, serious trouble, especially offensively. We have an offensive coordinator that is a dumbass and has no clue what he's doing because he's never run an offense before. I'm still not sold on Hartman as far as were we sold a false bill of goods. I mean, I think it's a legit question to ask, right? It's okay to ask the question. He did come from Wake Forest. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Nothing personal. He is the best quarterback Notre Dame's probably had in a long time. Yeah, Clawson and and uh, and Quinn. That's that's what I said back uh, yes. when we started the season. But it is it is Wake Forest. So, yeah. But Hartman aside, good grief! The play selection. It was almost as if Louisville knew what we were gonna do, especially on third down, and we couldn't do anything yeah well the way they were shooting gaps and shit like that just was really 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 concerning that's for sure weren't there several third and shorts and we still gave it to estimate and they still stuffed us yeah exactly yeah stuff like that exactly i i don't i i don't i i said this saturday night it's looking like it's gonna be usc by at least three or four touchdowns at this rate. I I don't see how we can do it. We don't have an offensive line. We're, we're no line. You, we have a, no, we're, we're changing up the line. You, that's what we're doing. Very, very often. It seems like every couple of plays, it's a whole new offensive line and we don't good grief. And our, our defense can't tackle. Yeah. The, the missed tackle arm tackle. You, uh, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. You need some concrete evidence that basically erases the mistakes you've seen the last three games, basically. And it needs to be. It needs to be like the USC ass kicking of '77 to convince me that we're going to be okay. What? What? What about? Uh, would you? Would you take the ass uh, kicking from? 2017 that would work but i mean just i don't see i don't see it happening because parker is so stupid well and we were running the ball like like no other but no that that game we we beat the shit out of usc by 35 points which was great so that was a that was a fun game to watch uh, and i don't see saturday being fun at all and i don't i don't think it has anything to do with it being i don't think it has anything to do with it being eight games in a row Mm -hmm. because the last three we've played like it's our first game ever with a football team because we can't do anything with the ball yeah well i don't (laughs) I don't know. I, I'm not stressed out, but I'm just like, I'm not surprised. 
Yeah. I, nothing. I, I don't see it happening. You, you, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. The, the immediate reaction I had was kind of like a breakdown meltdown of uh, Notre Dame. And like the way I left the game um, and I, I, I'd listened to our post game show and, and I had made a comment that this is like the worst I've felt or the worst loss that I, that I can recall immediately since Miami at Miami in 2017. And I was curious, was that the worst lost, uh, since this Louisville game? Um, now fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, probably more unfortunate, it is not. So, so First off, we lost by 13 points, okay? In 2017... It feels like we lost by more the way we played. It, it does, and, and I have a piece about that, how, how it could have been worse, but it also could have been better. It's kind of like, depending on how you want to look at the coin. Um, with Miami, we we lost that game 8-41. to 41. We lost by 33 points, and we had four turnovers to their zero. Now... It continues. 2017 Stanford, we lost 20 to 38. We had the lead and we gave Stanford a shit ton of points and they ended up beating us by 18. And we had a three turnover disadvantage. Again, <laughs> I sense a theme here. Let's move on. Clemson, 2018, the playoff game, right? Okay. We lost in the playoffs three to thirteen, three to thirty. Excuse me, minus twenty-seven points. Again, two turnovers to their one. Twenty nineteen Michigan. I don't, clearly I've erased this from my mind because I don't know how I didn't think of this game. We lost at the Big House the last time we played Michigan. And anytime you argue with a Michigan fan, they just say twenty nineteen, and it's like there's not much you can say to that because we lost fourteen to forty five. We lost by 31 points at the two turnover disadvantage. Hmm. And then in 2020, Clemson 2, when they had Lawrence and some of their guys back in the ACC championship, we lost by 24 points, 10 to 34. Now that one, we actually had the turnover advantage, uh, zero turnovers for us, but one for them, but didn't matter. Um, and then the game right after against Alabama, the playoff game, um, we lost by only 17 points. It's actually the best of this series here. I've just described 14 to 31 and we had one turnover. You jump back over to this Louisville game. It's the greatest loss since that Alabama game, 13 points on the road, five turnovers to their one 20 to 33. So there's a theme here of, of away games and, um, turnovers uh, and obviously the scoreboard but that that is kind of getting to this you know you know bed shitting whatever however you want to describe it that's that's you know uncomfortable and and that's why you were you were talking about that at the beginning when you jumped on and i'm like oh did you look at my notes because i wanted to talk about this so so it's the louisville game quote unquote is not as bad as these other games going all the way back to 2017 uh, and I didn't even bother going to 2016 because why would I want to do that to myself? But but since then, these other six games that happen, um, you know, but we haven't had one for two years in a row, which is, I guess, good because we lost to USC and um, Ohio State by 11 points last year. So 
That's uh, that's the way that cookie crumbles there, Coach. Well, this is probably the first... How can I describe this? As far as confidence-deflating defeats since, as far as my opinion, I'd, I'd say it as far as Notre Dame being favored in the point spread and everything, it's probably the 06 Michigan game mm. where Notre Dame was favored by about five to six points and then just got their ass kicked yeah, from lost, start to finish. Yeah, we lost 21 to 47. 26 point loss. Mm-hmm. When... I mean, Notre Dame clearly on paper was the more talented and heavily favored team. Just like this past Saturday. And we just got our heads kicked in mm-hmm. and just had no confidence. Well, and it was crazy about the 2006 years. The, the game right after was the game at Michigan State in the rain where we just had this amazing comeback which also was a little bit of Michigan State kind of, you know, just saying, Against here, Notre Dame. Yeah, so. and, and it's like, and if anyone has never heard the Valenti rant, uh, just type that in on U- historical YouTube. You'll get this amazing rant of of M- Valenti. I think he's a, a radio guy or alumni guy. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Oh, where he tore into Michigan State's quarterback. Oh, yeah, and he, like, destroyed his voice the whole time. Like, it, it just, it it's... It's pretty epic and kind of funny to listen to now. Like you, you think I get nuts or some of these other, you know, Notre Dame people. It is nothing compared to what Valenti did in 2006 to his own team, Michigan State, where Notre Dame ends up beating them in their house, you know, 40 to 37 with, you know, this, this just crazy, crazy comeback. But then the rest of that year, just, we kind of just played mediocre teams. You know, we had a close game against UCLA that shouldn't have been close, but it still was. We played all three service academies, right? Navy, Air Force, and Army. So, which is, which is really bizarre. And then, you know, we end up losing big to USC and LSU. And we didn't even deserve to be in that Sugar Bowl against LSU. Like, they, they just. That glorified know. home game for the Tigers. Well, they, they took us to lunch. We didn't even deserve to be in that game. You know, we were there because we were Notre Dame, and that was it, right? Oh, it was, it was ticket sales and ad revenue from the TV ratings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah, it made it made the the loss to Ohio State the previous year look a lot better. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, Coach, uh, we're gonna move on here. Uh, any final thoughts for the Irish? Uh, just don't fuck up, or what? What's your thought before we move on to Mac here and Benny? Pray, pray. I like that. That's that. That's about. <laughs> Is this gonna pray. take a lot of it? Sounds good. All right, Coach. Thanks so much. Thank you. At Coach Barcegian on Twitter. Send him a send him a follow. He's a good guy. All right, Coach. Uh Mac, you've been requested to speak. I see Benny, I know you're on there, but uh Mac requested you didn't, so <laughs> maybe you're just listening, it's fine. Um Dull Supper Concept. I put you as the uh as the co host. I don't know, you gotta accept that. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I accepted it. I'm here. Hello, co host. how you doing, buddy? Well, you know, we we've got Page uh, one of notes is not even done. Uh, okay. We've got, let's see, one, two, three more to go. So we, you know what? I, I want to hear all sorts of good I, content. 
the audience needs to hear more of the paper shuffling and scrunching and all that. We need to hear more of that. From me? Yeah, it's the Jim Rome effect. He always talks about the, the paper effect. Oh, uh, really? If, if I had a, a very expensive microphone, one that's probably three times the price of this one, you probably wouldn't hear all that because it's very directed. But Well, you, you keep playing your cards right, and I'll get you one that's less expensive. <sighs> what? <laughs> the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Am I being fired? What, I'll just go back to be no. independent, and I got to go with the uh, contraband logo? I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So, Jim, Jim Rohn doesn't get this sound effect in, in his show like I do. I mean, that's that's high-level stuff right there, baby. It is Johnny Walker. I went and grabbed originally grabbed the, the little the little normal size bottle. It's not little. It's a normal size bottle of Johnny Walker black. And then I, I went and walked back to the, 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 uh, the shelf, put it back and grabbed the giant bottle next to it. I'm like, we got this USC game and it's only Tuesday. And yeah, we're going to need more than it's, this. It, it already, I think it's because of the, because of the game on Saturday, but this already feels like the longest week ever. Right. Tell me like, about it. What, what is happening? It's only freaking Tuesday night. How's it only Tuesday? But, yeah, even even uh, the doc was like, "Oh, wait, you're working, for, you're going into work tomorrow." I'm like, "Yes, I go into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's not Friday." <laughs> she's like, on, "Oh, doc. okay." Like she didn't. Even, she was well. She had kind of a strange day too, so she's she's a little jaded. Like, what day is it? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we brought Mac well, on here. Uh, we'll we'll bring him on. I, he he requested to speak. I think he was in uh, response to what someone else had here. Yeah. Hey, Mac. Hey, good evening. How are how is everyone? Welcome back. Yeah. Um is it am I the I'm I'm getting the feeling that I am not the only one who's like, gosh, it's USC week and you just don't feel excited. I feel excited. I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited. I'm oh. I'm not that I'm not excited. It's one of those things where like like I don't like playing this game. But I love playing this game. It's a weird dichotomy. I also get... It's funny. is As soon as I fired up the microphone, I sat down. I feel like I'm forgetting something. And what it is, is I did do not have a crazy hot pepper to eat right before I talk about how much I hate USC. <laughs> I know Del Supercons yeah. knows what I'm talking about. If anyone missed oh, yeah. it, two years ago in 2021... Um, the last time SC was in our house and I was unable to emote about my hatred for them because my first year was 2020, the COVID year, right? And I proceeded to metaphorically describe my, you know, spitting fire, you know, scenario by literally eating a, a pepper from my garden that had like a million Scoville. Um I so it's out there. It's on the internet. It's on the Fighting Irish Faithful YouTube channel. Maybe we could put that on the Bill Supercons channel. I don't know. Like, yeah, let's get it. Let's do it. Let I'll I'll move it over. It's totally fine. I, I it'll take like a couple minutes, but maybe we'll do that like Friday or Thursday. You know, whenever you guys want. But but yeah. So we're not doing the crazy hot pepper. I actually don't even grow that variety this year. That was just kind of a random thing. But anyway, back to back to Mac here. So you're. It just doesn't feel like Trojan Week for you, or you're just like, eh, I mean, we I lost, eh, season's over, you know, I don't know. Well, so like, um, it feels like purgatory. It's oh like, my gosh. No, let me. So, let Coach Barsegian's right. We need to pray. <laughs> well, here's, what I mean. here's what I mean by that. Like, when I was 
in other years where boy Notre Dame didn't have a good team that was like your that was the game that was the one game that you could look forward to right not when Brian and Kelly is like, your coach oh wait well <laughs> but but then like this year you had all these expectations and you're gonna win you're probably gonna be a, a three loss team let's just say it's just that is you're statistically not, the most likely outcome per teamrankings.com so you you're not going it feels like you're not okay yay we won but you're not going and, and i think they got a good chance because of the weather i think it's going to slow down usc a little bit um but like growing the just, grass artificially tall in 2005 to slow down reggie bush yeah <laughs> yeah but but um but you get what i'm saying like okay mm-hmm. you beat usc it's like we've beaten like there was a 10-year stretch the last 10 years where you know, we were taking care of USC. I feel like the expectations per year shouldn't be we just beat USC. And for the most, for 15 years of my life, it was, oh, let's just beat USC. It's depressing yeah. in a way. Like, you knew if you could win two of the big three on your schedule, you had a good, like, you know, you were going to have a good season. And um, I think that loss to Louisville is just, uh, it's just, now you're going to be a three-loss team. I don't have any confidence. It's I don't know. It's just well, uh, if I can let, let me jump in here for my Mac. Those are great points. I, for me, I think Notre Dame always has something to, look, to play for. I think there's always going to be the opportunity for us to ex- express why we are still that a powerhouse and a powerhouse called football. Maybe not this year, but the USC game to me for you know Michigan, you got to beat Ohio State. Ohio State, you got to beat Michigan. To me. Notre Dame has to beat USC. They're always going to be on the schedule, and it, it's it's the hate week, right? It's the game that we have to win. There's so much history and tradition and, and just bad juju, bad feelings. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is, is, this is the game right here, guys, that I feel like we can really bounce back and say, you know what, that Louisville game was a fluke. Uh, Duke was a fluke. Ohio State was ours, and, you know, for a variety of reasons, it didn't go our way. So this is this is show-me time, right? And I think that's why I'm so excited. First of all, I despise SC more than any sports franchise, college institution ever. And there's some personal reasons that I think, we, Joe, we should do a show on one time because I've got a lot of good stories. But, mm. you know, they've got so many reasons to dislike them. And, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. They got, well, there's so many reasons to dislike them. I mean, Caleb Williams paints his frigging fingernails. Lincoln Riley dresses like an absolute dork. And he's going to be gone. It's so funny to me. You know, in 2018, uh, Notre Dame went into SC for an opportunity to get into the playoffs. And, you know, it was a closer than it should have for it sure. because closer. of the talent. Thank God for but, Dexter Williams. Oh, man. Dex and, and that Tony Jones clutch uh, catch to score to the end. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was probably, I'm not even kidding, maybe 30% capacity in that Coliseum. You know, last year we went over there and, and it was, you know, packed to the gills and all the SC fans had on their, their brand fans new, shiny are trash. Hats. I mean, oh, they... dude, you have it is so bad, so bad. And they, you not know, all when, of them, if, not all the SC. If, there are some hardcore SC people, but most of their fan base is trash. If you've never been to a game at the Coliseum, don't been go. Twice. <laughs> it is literally in frigging Compton, and mm, you're not safe. North, but yeah. Oh come on, you know what I mean. It, you're not safe if you're wearing Notre Dame colors. You're probably gonna have somebody challenge you. It's just it's a dump. And yeah, so I, anyways, going back, I digress. The going back to the thing, I mean, Notre Dame, we still have a big game at home against SC. 
Still got a huge game in Death Valley against Clemson. Stanford's going to be a big game because we don't go back to the farm for quite some time. So there's still a lot to play for. I mean, yeah, there's there's a really good possibility we have three, maybe even four losses. Hopefully not, but who knows. But at the end of the day, it's all about the fact that Freeman's in his second year, and this is an opportunity for him to show that we can still be elite and we have the dogs in place. So I just don't buy put much into not being excited or not being wanting to watch the rest of the season. I feel like it's a little bit short-sighted. But if that's the way you feel, that's okay too. You know, I mean, it's it's up. You know, there's there's still going to be 10 million people that watch the game. There's still going to be 93,000 people in the stands. And I'm still going to buy every damn Notre Dame item that comes out ever. So, you know, am I drinking the Kool-Aid? Yep. Will I always drink the Kool-Aid? Yep. I was there for the Charlie Weiss Kool-Aid, and I'll be there for the whoever the coach after Freeman is Kool-Aid. So, And, and I don't mean to be rude, but, like, here's just kind of – I guess it's finally kind of hit me and reflected. And, like, you know, you get a good time to reflect. And I think I've been saying this I, – I even said this on the last time I was on. It's like – you, you said that Notre Dame is a powerhouse. Are they? Are they a powerhouse or are they just a name? I, I like, think we're, I would still put us in the powerhouse category. I think there's tiers, and I think we're probably like toward the bottom of the second tier. Uh, but I think if we give Freeman the time that he needs to get his guys in there, the full class, the full class of guys, I think we will be back among the elite. I mean, we he's, he's the right guy, guys, and I, we got to give him a, at least another year before we start talking about firing Freeman and everybody else. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, and I'll throw it back to you to back to you, Mag. The, um, I was looking at ha- some historical Lou Holtz stuff and, and grant the game is totally different from, you know, 86, 87. Right. I understand that, but I was just kind of like trying to understand, like, look, Holtz took over a team after Faust grant, they were down. So he had to kind of start over from scratch. Um, but he did not do well. He went five and six his first year, and then what eight and four, right? Is next. So, so it was it was really rough for for Holtz the first two years. And Freeman went nine and four, nine and four his first year, and right now he's just sitting with two losses. Okay, so so we're we're, we're five and two right now, um, which isn't bad. Okay, it's not great. You know, I would love to be undefeated because I'll tell you what. If if I told the doc this, I'm not going to tell you guys this because I'll say this for another show against maybe another opponent but i had a completely different um intro setup i'll just put it that way it was not eating on the hop ever again but um looking at where we are and where coach freeman is two years into the job you know you know season and a half basically um versus where holtz was like freeman's in a much better spot and so so it's my hope that that he can get through and and learn on the job quicker because that is what he's doing. Um, he's never been head coach before, so he's got to navigate these waters. I do have concerns about Parker and where our offense is going, um, but I think I think this is an opportunity to have some reality check, soul searching, what have you. Um, and, and because I don't I don't think we're at a point yet where. Like, like, unless we come out and just do very stupid things, you know, or Freeman tells Parker, okay, don't run, you know, X, Y, and Z plays, and then Parker does it anyway, that's a different situation. Um, like, I agree, like, you're never, you're not gonna 
fire Freeman. Like you're right. It's a second year. You don't do that when you have a program. Well, I mean, you want to try the same to thing have... about Parker. I don't even know if you'd fire Parker right now. No, because you need to have stability in a program when building a program. Like, like if, if you need to fire him, you know, mid season because he's, you know, basically doing what you told him not to do because you're the head coach, right? And you know, right. That's you. You I can agree. control the content of sugar in the Gatorade bucket if you so wanted to, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, that's not my point. I think what I think, and this is why maybe. And I, I don't know if I'm the, it feels like when you go on social media, it feels like I'm the only person who feels this way. It's just the fact that nothing leaked that Notre Dame had a lot of like real conversations with other coaches uh, before hiring Freeman. It just kind of felt almost like, oh, well, the kids like them. The 18 and 22 year olds like them. Let's hire them. Like, you know, you did mm-hmm. have, and I'm not, sa- I'm not saying that this is a better coach, but this guy is really good at recruiting. You did have Ed Oregon as a, as a free agent, Adrian, not saying yeah. he would, you're not saying he'd be better or worse, but like the fact that he didn't come in and have lunch with Jack, you know what I mean? That, that's all I'm yeah. saying. Like, and, and, and that nothing got, got, and in a day of leaks, and a, we live in leaks. We would have known about that. That's the reason why I feel Freeman was behind, was kind of put in a bad position because then you got guys like me who are like, you hired a guy who's never been a head coach before, and he, and here's the difference between him and Lou Holtz. I believe Freeman inherited talent, more talent than no doubt. More, he inherited a really talented team, unlike Lou Holtz. Right, Lou Holtz rebuilt the program. It was kind of there's one exception to that. Okay, go, go, sure, go ahead, Tim Brown. Oh, okay. Okay. But <laughs> I'm just going to say, no, like, no, no. well, there is one guy who's pretty cool at Notre Dame's. <laughs> well, no, I didn't know. Look, look, like I said, I wasn't really born then, but I do know what they're, where they were trending. <laughs> no, mean, I, I'm with you. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, as as a whole, the team as a whole, right. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Right. And so, and so I feel like, I feel bad for Freeman because I think he could be a successful head coach. But he took one of the, I mean, who passes up the opportunity? But, like, don't you feel he would have been better off, like, just because of the pressure? It's almost, if he would have gone 11-1, and one, it would have been like, oh, well, geez, we shouldn't have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I'm glad you brought this unfair. up because cause I, I really appreciate your, your – because you had a similar, you know, discussion and content, and Benny, we brought you on here, so by all means, jump in when you want. Because um, you've been patiently waiting. The uh, oh, and Coach Barcegian is raising his hand. What's up? High five, Coach. The um, you got me thinking about about the whole scenario with like, okay, should we bring in Freeman or not? Should we have brought in like another coach with more experience, this, that, and the other? And I remember like thinking back to when Red Snapper and I immediately responded to the Kelly, you know, departure news. And then it's like, and the initial first question, one of the first questions we asked was, okay, do they, do they bring Freeman on as the head coach? Like even then, like, well, and I, and I had a thought, um, pretty soon after Kelly departed of, okay, obviously the hire is Freeman, like, die but i had a thought of bringing on someone maybe not 
Edward Dran, but someone like Edward Dran as a quote-unquote, um, <clears throat> I don't know what they call him in Alabama, analyst yeah, or whatever. Yeah, an analyst, that's right. Just to, to, to kind of like, like guide Freeman through like his first few years. Or even just have another eye in the sky, right? During like, hey, exactly. coach, coach, they're in this shade or da-da-da-da. Like maybe we shouldn't run or, that play. Or, you know? and, and I know this is going to pain us, or, hey, coach, we only have 10 men out there. <laughs> Rich, I don't know if you saw, I don't know uh, if you saw the uh, between thanks, me and, uh, Drink. between me and uh, Mike from Five Foot Nothing. But uh, that same thing happened against Tennessee State, too. And what? We, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, thank and, God it was and, Tennessee State. Yeah. And Fre- Freeman didn't think <laughs> in practice the next week to put in like a, hey, if you notice there's 10 men on the field, do this, take the penalty, and we'll get another guy out there. Like, That's let me, bizarre. Can I, let me jump in real quick. I On the uh, – <clears throat> on the Freeman hire, you know, I think everybody needs to, to to think about it for a sec. It's kind of a 50-50. I mean, I know one of the names that was floating around was um, Luke Fickle, which sure, Why good not? coach, he's, he's fine. They to just me, getting the guy like too. Yeah, but to me, getting the, well, that was with Marcus Freeman. Is there? Oh no, he wasn't. It was a year nope. before. Anyway, getting getting a guy like Luke Fickle, I mean, it's fine, right? You, you probably win nine, ten games every year, but is he, is he ever going to get you over that hump? I think with Freeman, I really appreciate the fact that Jack took a, a risk and brings in a guy that's never been a head coach, but he's been a, a very successful defensive coordinator. But the connection that Freeman has with the players, the recruiting that he's been able to do already and the recruiting that he's going to do, you don't just get that from a Luke Fickle or an Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron's a great recruiter, no doubt. But Freeman I mean, has it. I, I mean, Is well, Orgeron I mean, a good recruiter or is, it, is, it, yeah, is, is he a good – hold on a second – He's he was at LSU and he was at USC. Th- those programs just by their name and location recruit, kind of so like Notre Dame. Way, <clears throat> and I agree. And, as does Notre Dame. In the e, that's but, the biggest name I, to Ed O'Brien's career is Eli Manning, and that is it. As a person, other than Joe Burrow. Um, but you're, you're, you're comparing the middle of Indiana to California, yes. Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was going to say, but... I was going to say that unless you're Catholic, like I live in California, unless you're Catholic, people are like, you want to go live in Indiana? You want to go to South Bend? What the heck's there? That with our perception, and there's a lot of talented college or, or high school football players in California. There's but a Portillo's in in uh, South Bend. I will say that. Well. It, I have no idea what that is, but you're missing out on our, something our, wonderful. Oh, oh, you yeah. are missing out. Portillo's is. I was having a Portillo's conversation at work today. I'm like, that sounds so good right oh. now. <laughs> I think our our perception in California. Google it. I think yeah, it, it is not. It our perception of California of Indiana is very biased, and let's just say farming. That's what we. Those leprechauns and I, I, I think can relate to this as as both of us are from the 909. Okay, I I don't know where that is. Oh, that means yeah. you're from Northern California, then, right? Yes, I am. I knew it because I, because people in Southern California associate by area codes, right? So. <laughs> okay, I I I'm, I live two five three. No, no, two five three Seattle. What am I saying? Mac, are you gonna be coming down for this uh, Stanford game? 
Well, I would, but I have a newborn. Ah, congratulations. Thank you. Yes, his first game was the Ohio State game. Well, the oh, Stanford, no. <laughs> the Stanford game would be a much more relaxed environment for the newborn. No, they yeah, got the no, train. Been, they got that train horn. To, yeah, they well, do. Well, he, the doctor says he's not old enough to go to stuff like that. Get a new doctor. Get <laughs> <laughs> one no, of those I've, natural I've medicine down, doctors. Yeah. I've gone down to Palo Alto. I Because my son was born... I turned down a very, I can't say what it is, but my former assistant coach, um, who I, cause I coached baseball, my former assistant coach is now living in LA. He's dating the female lacrosse coach. And there was a lucrative offer to be able to go to South Bend. And I turned it down. Whoa. Uh, because of my son for today's game for tomorrow or for Saturday's. Game. Oh, I was like, to coach in South Bend, like was it St. Joe's no, High School? She, or what's she going coaches on? at USC. She coaches at USC. She's the lacrosse coach, the head lacrosse coach for females. So my my friend is dating. It sounds like a Trojan horse. <laughs> you got what? What, hey, what hey, is it? What? What's her face? Uh, uh, Lindsay Monday. No, 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 no. Well, okay, but I, I was referring to the the oh the Iliad. You know the greek mythology oh, helen of troy oh, oh. right that would have that oh, been yeah. funnier i don't know okay i'm, I did I'm being too i, I did that in here. my class today <laughs> i did, did see you, that you yes picture? i saw your thing i was trying to find an image of digger phelps yelling at a pep rally and it, it was unsuccessful so <laughs> i showed the kids that too oh really um, of digger phelps yeah, like so doing I, all that so, so for anyone who does i got know, that actually I, I i teach special education and so one of the periods, one of the exercises we do is I, I, I get a picture and I say, hey, write a story, whatever it is about this. Oh, and um, so they, I just showed the Trojan horse at Notre Dame Stadium. And <laughs> so kids the are kids, like, what the fuck is that? A house? Yeah, a dog house? What is that? <laughs> well, when, I, when they saw that Joe Montana was the quarterback, they did get a little hyped about that. Um, okay. Yeah, but, I get that. But but uh, they were like, who's this guy, the green machine and all that? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's and then awesome. when they saw the ABC broadcast, they were like, why are they dressed so funny? Like, all right. All right. I, I got to play this because I got this this sound clip here. This is prepared for this week. I wasn't going to play it. But since you brought it up, we're going to have to yeah. do this. I'm, I'm going to have to take a commercial break here. It will not be. Just one coach, just one football player, just one chair. It'll be you. You will be that driving force to motivate those coaches and those players to beat Southern Cal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Good times. But one last one last point before I go. I feel so dejected and I know that you guys are like, okay, I'm not, but I just feel so dejected that like I'm an alumni from Sacramento. Uh, I went to Sacramento state. Um, I'm like excited, more excited about that game and the sharks coming on after Notre Dame. Hmm. That's <laughs> how I feel. Like I just feel dejected. I almost feel like battered, like just, do you know what I mean? Like I just a little feel bit. Yeah. So I mean, dejected. Boise won yeah. last week. At least I said turn the dock on Sunday. I was like, 
Well, at least Boise won yesterday. <laughs> they're my second favorite it, team. But... <laughs> and also, I I think yeah. USC is not getting very much love. They're undefeated and they're ranked 10th. I think that's horrible. And I don't think Arizona is that bad. You know, it's interesting. Well, I mean, Arizona is a 3-3 three and three football team right now, and right? They were, down, they, were, they were playing with their third-string quarterback, might I add. Right. And, and they went to triple fucking overtime. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you just a little bit. Like, like I do think Arizona State's like... Okay, they lost to Washington, USC, and I think Mississippi State. Okay, but what's interesting is Sagarin puts Notre Dame at 16, SC at 13. But the reason yeah. for that is strength of schedule, okay? Their strength of schedule is ranked 85th. Notre Dame is 36. But doesn't SC get to put, they have to put, do they play Washington this year? They do. They will. They have to, so, yeah. so they'll play Washington. That Washington Oregon play, game on Saturday is play, huge. And they'll uh, play Utah. What what time is that game? I think it's three thirty. It's before ours, so we can watch it. Ooh, and, Pac and the I... Pac twelve, the Pac twelve kind of has a thing. This is why the Pac twelve doesn't. There's two reasons Pac twelve doesn't get a lot of love. One, the time zones. Okay, we can all figure that out. Because there's a but fucking the Rocky Mountains in between, you know. <laughs> there's a reason why and Lewis also... and Clark almost died crossing them. <laughs> well, no, and, but and I, also, I think the second also... thing is the Pac-12 seems to cannibalize itself. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Every year. It, 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 it's, you... I think there's really good quality. It, it's so, it's such a shame, and that's another reason to hate USC, is they killed the, them and UCLA killed the Pac-12, as long with Larry, what's yep. his name? Larry, was it Larry Scott? That Pac-12 deal? Ugh. As a person from California, that, it kills me to see the Pac-12 go. Now, okay, so so you talk about USC killing the Pac-12 because they joined the Big Ten. Well, they're the first to leave. Yeah. Right, right. But is it just me, or do you feel we're headed to two super conferences? Yeah, in, eight, in five to eight years. I, yeah. I don't know if we're, we have enough time to, to get into the conference yeah. realignment discussion. Yeah, that, that, that seems that, more like, like an off-season discussion. Contract, or, yeah. or maybe Benny, let's say that one for the, the spring bi-week. game discussion. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe during the bye week. Oh my gosh! Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Off. We got a bunch of people who are patiently waiting. Uh, we got Jay. We've got MJV eighty four, Uncle Take June, and a couple other people here. Mac, uh, one last thing: you've got to check out Portillo's if you're ever in the Chicago, Indiana area. Here, Portillo's. I'm gonna go. Look, I'm definitely gonna go before I die. Like I have to go. I've never <laughs> seen the campus. Oh, you never been to Notre Dame? Okay. I've never been here, and I'm 35 years old. I'm just a good Catholic boy who told a priest at four years old. Where, where are you I don't going have with to go this? to church. No, this is the truth. Oh. I said, <laughs> I'm "Like, are you talking about I'm confession here? Leave story. that out of here." <laughs> no, 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 no. I will I, this mute is you. <laughs> a funny, this is a funny story. I said, "You know, Father, I don't think I need to go to church anymore." He says, "Why is that?" I said. I'm just going to play quarterback at Notre Dame, win a national championship, and then that'll automatically get me into heaven. <laughs> You're not wrong. No. You are <laughs> not <was> wrong. <laughs> anyway, take it easy. Have a great evening. I will finish listening to you as I fall asleep. Later, right. Mac. What's take that supposed easy. to mean? Thanks, Mac. Well, I, I, because I you're like, getting wasted on scotch here. Okay, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> more more people yeah. wrestling. <laughs> Add a boy pencil. Damn it. Um, 
yeah, that was. So what's next? What's next on the agenda? Uh, what do you mean? What's next on the agenda? We, all right, you want to talk people? Or you want to do stats? You decide, let's boss. People, we got there's some newbies got on here. We, we got new people. Uh, let's bring let's see, the, the, the MJV. She's been on a while. She's more of a listener, although she always has an invite to speak. I mean, she she's she, MJV eighty four. You could actually talk to Coach Parsegian right now, right? You know, we could we could have that conversation. You could it could be stump Coach Parsegian there. Uh, let's bring Jay on. He's a very loyal person of the podcast here. Jay. Jay, Pello Jace. I don't know if you want to jump on or not. It's a little past your bedtime, that's for sure. If not, we'll just bring on uh, Uncle June here. Or who's this other person? Jason Knock- Lynch. Knox Block. Ramstein. Ooh, Razorbacks. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Lunch truck's on also. Jason Lynch, lunch truck. Is he? Yeah, that's right. Jay, what's up, guys? What's up, man? Lunch truck. What's happening? How you feeling, buddy? Oh, just sitting here recuperating from surgery. Oh, that's yeah. right. How you feeling? Uh, I've, I've felt better. You, would you feel better? I'll, I'll send I'll, same question for you that I gave to others. Going into this USC game, would you feel differently about it if the outcome of the Louisville game was different? feel better about the game if the outcome of the little game was well it's not even, like like you decide if you'd feel better or worse i'm just saying if the outcome of the louisville game was different i.e a win would you feel better going into usc or not i don't know i think i'm kind of up in the air on that because i think one you know the two loss in a row that's a definite motivator hopefully it's more of a motivator than you know, something that's just going to absolutely let the team eat them alive. Like, hopefully they want to get in there and, you know, definitely get past that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get past two losses and, you know, figure the rest of the season out, which is still still finished pretty decent, I think. Now, now your, your doctor wasn't a Louisville fan, was he? No. Thank God. No. All right. If he was, he probably would not have given me morphine Saturday night. <laughs> no narcotics for you. <laughs> your your healing must be through prayer and yes. holy water. Yes. And and we can't give you scotch because that'll lower your heart rate too much. That's not good. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think it could be a motivator for this week. I think you know we'll definitely. Offense is going to have to click. Defense is going to have to, you know, if defense can slow them down and our offense can keep up with them as far as points-wise, I think their defense is garbage. Oh, um, it is garbage. We, we will talk about that later. I think that uh, – I it's think if we get – go Damn it. You know, hit for hit with them, I think we can – I think we can be right there with them. Well, that's my hope as well. My hope as well. Yes. Jay, we brought you on. You're on mute. What's up, man? Well, I feel pretty calloused about the loss. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it at this point. You got like road uh, rash or is it not that bad? No, it's not that bad. It's just, you know, it's it's I'm, I've gotten used to these kind of games. Oh, and I'm I'm just disappointed that it had to happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's there's always that one game where we completely implode, and that I think that was the game. 
Well, would I, it be better that we implode at Louisville versus mm, at no. home versus USC? I, I, we sh- we shouldn't lose either game. And, you know, and if, how would I feel going into this game? Going into this game, had they won, it would have depended on how they won the Louisville game. If it had been as close as Duke, I would have felt just as apprehensive as I was going into Louisville because uh, we didn't play well at Duke. So, right, you know, right. it, it was just like, mm, can they turn it around? And they didn't, you know, so, you know, but we should have, we should have won them. We should have, we should have, we should still be undefeated at this point going into USC. And, you know, I I do think we're going to beat USC. No problem. Yeah. No, really. No yeah. problem. We're going to beat them. No problem. Yeah. What? What is this crazy talk? Uh, go, please, please look, convince me. I, I'm not here. I'm not saying you're wrong because I like, there's ways I could look at the, look at the, the data and convince myself this way. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to talk data. I'm just going to compare it to last year. But you're a data analyst. What are you talking about? I know. <laughs> <laughs> last year we had a quarterback that had his best game of of the season against USC, oh, and all he did all he did was, yeah, all he did was throw the ball to one tight end. Well, we've got a tight end that's doing just as well. Um, he and needs to score touchdowns, first- though. Yeah, he's not the first target. We have a tight end that scores touchdowns. Yeah. It's just not Evans. It's, it's not it's Evans. Stays. It needs to be Evans as well. Yeah, well, I mean, if you can, but we also need those tight ends to block a little bit for the line. Please, yes. <laughs> Sounds like you're advocating if, if we, for running the ball. I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you've got four or five running backs, Someone that any it. one of them could break it, I'm not going to say it. No, no. Not going to say anything about ends on how many heads there are on a. On no, a not that one. Or, the, the the other. Oh. Come on, what do I say on the show? RTDB. Yeah, RTDB, man. Run the damn ball. Let the tight ends block and let the O line guys go out for a pass. Just get under center and just push the pile forward, man. Jeez. Mitchell, yeah, but but line up, line up like you're going to do an RPO or line up. You know, don't just show them where you're going to run the ball. No, I'm not There's, saying that. Yeah, but like, like, how often has did like like good team and maybe maybe this is the problem like we we just need or we're not as disciplined or the o-line is not as sound or the o- oc whatever you want to describe it maybe we're not as disciplined to be able to do it but good teams can just go up line up and say i don't care if you know what play we're running we're running the damn play and we will outwork you we will outmuscle you we will out execute you good teams Didn't we do, do that, that last year versus clemson yeah. I think that's what we did last year with Clemson. Yeah. I think we can do it again. That's my hope, too. I, I don't even remember where I was pre-Clemson. I, I just know the Clemson post-game show was great. Uh, huge numbers on that. But, um, all right, so so you you were talking about Drew Pine. You're saying that he threw to, to Mayer. Drew Pine clearly was uh, lacking in, in some, you know, you know, Jim Rattiness and Peach Fuzz or, you know, whatever. Um, and he had his best game against USC. He did. And that's just throwing the mayor, basically. I think that if Hartman can be given enough time to go through at least two progressions, when he does have to pass the ball, which should be the second option for every play, uh, I think that he's going to find somebody who's open whether it be a tight end, whether it be 
uh, one of our freshman wide receivers, one of three now, that could take it to the house. Uh, so yeah, I, I like where you're going with this, Jay, because you're talking about passing and passing defense, right? And and the so this I've I've got a stat here. We're gonna jump ahead in my notes here. Good things versus SC. And if anyone wants to jump in, by all means, just you know, just say rebuttal or objection or whatever you know we'll, we'll hand you the floor because we do want to get as many people as possible on the show as well um while we also do scotch and spreadsheets the good stuff so you're talking about past defense right sc's trash they're terrible they're the 115th ranked past defense team in the country i will continue notre dame is the third ranked pass defense team in the country allowing 146.6 uh points or excuse me yards on average definitely not points that'd be bad um but other good things versus usc if i if i put my my uh you know rainbow glasses on here and and make me feel good about going into usc this is what you want to tell people to convince them right if you're in sales this is the information you tell about your product. Red zone scoring defense. Notre Dame is fifth in the country, uh, limiting to opponents to 60% scoring in the red zone. That includes field goals. Counter that. USC, their offense, okay, they're 90th in scoring, but they're ranked 32nd. So just outside the top 25, right? So Notre Dame has an advantage there. I will continue. Red zone touchdown defense. Notre Dame is seventh in the country in this statistic. Now, USC is very good in scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They're third. Okay. But hey, this is this is a battle here, right? They're third in scoring in touchdowns in the red zone. We're seventh in defending against it, right? Clearly, we're the best defensive team that USC has faced and probably will face all season. Okay. Uh, ND's pass defense, we just talked about that. Scoring defense, Notre Dame is 15th in the country, limiting opponents. And yes, this includes Tennessee State and, you know, shitty, you know, Navy teams and stuff like that. But Notre Dame is 15th in the country. Their scoring defense, they let opponents on average score 27, or, or that's the average, but they're 79th in the country in scoring defense. Total defense, Notre Dame 12th in the country, USC 112th in the country. 112th! There's 100 teams between us in total defense, right? Really, really bad. So good for us for getting more yard yard points. Um, and what's interesting is if we, if we isolate Notre Dame in their first four games on average, those first four games, Notre Dame averaged 508 yards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, what's interesting is is um, if I, if I look at the all the teams that Notre Dame has played, okay, as far as scoring defense, there's only one team that the week we played them had a worse scoring defense than USC, and that was Central Michigan. And another thing, and no one's even mentioned this yet, and I'm I'm surprised. Notre Dame is favored per Vegas by two and a half points. Teamrankings.com is also saying that Notre Dame has a 55% chance of winning this fucking football game. To which I don't understand. And I talked to someone who was a former uh odds maker in uh Vegas, actually. So I've got a I've got a I've got a connection. 
uh, to someone who knows something about sports betting, just just like kind of the ins and outs and, and some of this other stuff. And he's just kind of threw up his hands like that. That's what they're saying. And I'm just like, my brain says I don't believe it for other stuff we'll talk about. But when you go through some of these stats and the disparity of like, here's what I don't get, what I don't understand. And maybe this is JY and, and I forget who it was early in the show. Someone had said like USC is like ranked 10th or whatever. And, you know, Sagarin is putting them, you know, just a, you know, you know, pubic hair above Notre Dame, you know, at 13th and Notre Dame's at 16 in Sagarin, right? You know, gosh, they're undefeated. We have two losses and there's only three, three other teams between us. This is their strength of schedule, but it's this disparity. USC is a great Lincoln Riley offense, but again, neglecting the other half of the ball, the defense. Okay. They go three overtimes with a team that's at 500 Arizona. So, so when, when I, when I look at things under that lens, I start to feel a little good and feel a little more confident about this game against USC. Right, Jay? Right. And not only that, let's just talk about the, the team stamina. I mean, granted Notre Dame is, you know, played a gauntlet of games but usc just Ooh. like you said went to three overtimes and now they have to travel to South that, was, that game was at home and, too that game was in yeah. the coliseum they did not go down to tucson for that game which is even now more they're coming bizarre. into the nice cold rainy weather in oh, South is Bend the weather gonna weekend. be shit what what is the weather report yeah oh that I would be awesome cold and rainy it's like yeah 50s 50s and rainy so that, maybe not that, too cold, but yeah. That's well, that's freezing for SoCal people. Oh yeah. What 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 time is this game? It's, it's a night game. game. Night game. Okay. That's so for that for that reason, and of course I'm the I'm a hog fan, so I'm in here because Jason is my boy. Um, but as an outsider looking in, and just from the very little I've seen of both teams. I gotta get and of course the betting. I gotta give the edge to Notre Dame because it's it's at Notre Dame. It's at Notre Dame. It's a night game. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of crazy. So I gotta give it. I gotta give it to Notre Dame. Mm. And, and 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 to be honest with you, wow, USC does not look. They don't look that great. No, that was uh, Knox Block on the Twitter. Uh, Thank you for in. You don't have to go on mute. You can stay on. This is a this is an open forum discussion. It's actually a friendly place. It's more like the loud table at a bar where we're just drinking and yelling and eating hot wings. Um, I'm definitely drinking. Can I ask a question? Go for it. Um, I was seeing something about uh, that a couple of tweets by a lot of Notre Dame podcast people and that. Uh, a lot of Notre Dame, um, the people who have season tickets are selling their seats. Is that, uh, is there, is there any truth to that? No more so than normal. No, I, mean, I was going to say, this is par for the course. <laughs> yeah. It's, the Ohio state game, everybody was worried about it being a red out, scarlet out, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And I, I don't care what anybody says. Not it was not that. No, it was, I would say it was like, 65 35 no you know green notre dame um okay. yeah there's everybody the, every game is that i'd say it, yeah whatever 25 I mean, max not sure, even sure. that but if you if you go on any of these 
ticket sales sites or buy, sell, trade, whatever. Yeah, there's some people selling tickets here and there, but that happens every single week, man. And I know it's no more so than I've seen it before when things go not so great. Yeah. Is is South Bend, just asking because I've never been there, but it's so I have been to Green Bay. I saw yes, the Niners it's play the there. Packers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but is it is it a similar place where you just everything is flat and then there's the university? Pretty much. Okay. Does the community really rally around the university or is it just a certain location type thing? That's a, that's an interesting question about Notre Dame. If 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 I will I'll answer this because I I've got a I've got a degree from the place. The so so Notre Dame is in this is in a bubble, right? It campus is pretty pretty closed off per se. I'd say it's even more closed off than than Gonzaga, where my where my undergrad is from. But the um you know, it, it's pretty closed off. It's not like it's definitely not like Michigan or IU or you know, even Purdue, you know, just some of these other big 10 schools, right. You know, um, maybe, maybe a little bit more, more like Northwestern, but it's not off on the lake or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty by itself. And it's, it's kind of on the North side of town. Right. You know, and then it's on the other side of the river. Right. So there's, there's, there's some geography there a little bit. Um, I mean, in general, the Midwest is all flat, you know, and you can blame the ice age and the glaciers that, did that right you know you can it's pretty apparent where where the glacier stopped you know right at southern indiana kentucky right you know right for the ohio river right because there's a reason why the geography changes um that being said the notre dame i think i i think does a lot for the community as a whole and and certainly the economy of south bend mishawaka that whole area you know, improves because the population improves by a hundred thousand people on a Saturday for a football game. Right. So, so to say that Notre Dame doesn't influence the, the community is false. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal, but South Bend, you know, it just like other Midwest cities that were big in the automotive, you know, industry in the, the sixties and the seventies. And then, you know, just like, Detroit or, you know, just, you know, pick your favorite automotive city, you know, it all kind of like dwindled. So, so South Bend is a real deal city. Um, I, I think there are some things that are improving other things that just will stay the same. Um, and I won't go too much into that. You know, I was there for two years. I was an under, I was a grad student. And so I was kind of more like a ghost that was always just starving and tired and you know just stressed you know so, uh, unlike an undergrad who uh, really has more of a college experience per se um i don't know if that answers your question about notre dame as a, as a whole um, well i was just in where their fans come because i did take like u.s history and geography and 20th century immigration and most catholics came through immigration to america yeah and i was like and i'm just thinking like what Catholic settled? And so I know Chicago area. Yeah, like, like Catholics. Well, like, like, in, like if you even just go back to the history it. of our team, like, like you know, okay, yes, it was founded by Holy Cross priests, and why they picked Northern Indiana, who knows? It's always a question I ask myself every time I go to campus. But that being said, you know, I mean, like, 
you know, they, they, they picked Northern Indiana, right, in the territory at the time to, to establish a mission and which eventually became a university and on this, that, and the other. And then, you know, Newt Rockney and the team just started playing football all across the country and they go on the team. And then, so this became this thing. And that's how a slur, the fighting Irish became like this thing because of Irish Catholics. And, and then we just embraced it and that's who we are. Okay. Right. Which is fantastic, right? Like we own it. That's who we are. Uh, and we're unashamed about it. Going forward, um, and, and at the end, it helps when you're winning. It helps when you're going and you're, you're, you know, playing army in Yankee Stadium and you're doing other crazy things. And, 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 and like we're, we're playing SC, right? The reason why it's the greatest, you know, cross sectional rivalry, I, I forget what the exact term is, but it's, our rival is a team in Southern California, like another private university outside of LA, Hollywood, great weather, you know, and those fuckers are going to be really cold. I'm, I'm at the weather here, uh, you know, channel, whatever website, 94% chance of rain, a high of 59, a low 70, or excuse me, 47, breezy and cooler with rain is the description. It's going to rain. It's going to be wet. It's going to be messy. And those pretty boys from Southern California don't know what's coming in for them. Okay. Um, you know, so, so advantage us. So maybe that's what Vegas is getting at. My whole thing is like, no, what to, to be a Notre Dame fan. And this is a lot really macro. There are no bandwagon Notre Dame fans. This, this right now. We haven't won a title since 88. We haven't won a major bowl game since January 1st of 1994. There is nothing to be a bandwagon fan about Notre Dame about really on paper. Like there's some things here and there, Brady Quinn and, you know, you know, a couple guys here and there. Right. Okay, cool. But in general, it's really hard to be a bandwagon Notre Dame fan. That being said, we really have nothing to lose and we have only things to gain because we already have this momentum of our history and all the things I already talked about and, and all these titles and Heisman's and, and win percentages and, you know, da, 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 that, that make Notre Dame great. You know, there are so many connections to Notre Dame, whether you're Catholic, whether your grandma was Irish, whether you had a friend that went there, whether you went there, whether, you know, like, but, but people usually decide to be a Notre Dame fan. It's not like they just ride the wave of success. Like, oh, we went undefeated in 2018 and I'm a Notre Dame fan now. And then, oh, we went to the playoffs. Oh, that that sucked. We lost to Clemson. But I'm still a fan. Like, no one has that story. Everyone's f fandom to Notre Dame is tied something a little more intimately, if I may say that, right? For me, it I just grew up with it, right? My grandfather is 100% Italian. Uh, I'm actually doing research right now about how uh, how my great grandparents came over through Ellis Island, right? Catholic people from Italy, okay, on on that side of the family. My other side of the family was was uh, Polish Catholic, right? They came in through Canada. That's a long story, but the the whole point is like is Notre Dame. There are so many ways to get to Notre Dame, and I had a grandfather who was was Catholic and did foot did football. I had two uncles that both were head coaches in Southern California, one at the high school level, very successful on the other. 
at uh, community college successful. Um, so football was always something in my life. And so Notre Dame was always there. And that was my connection. And then eventually, you know, went there for grad school, this, that, and the other. Okay. You ask anyone else, they have a story. There's a connection of why they're a Notre Dame fan. There's no bandwagonness to it, which is kind of great because that makes some of our fandom really great. But then it also makes it really shitty when you hear the stuff about like, well, wait a second, why do all these season ticket people like sell their tickets? Like, is this like, are they treating their fandom as like a business deal? Like, like, look, I'm an alum. Okay. I, 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 you know, am able to acquire tickets and things of that, you know, through, through what I do. But at the same time, it's like, I don't buy tickets to then just sell them on, you know, Ticketmaster and then, you know, make some money off of it. Like, no, like, like I will buy tickets because I want to go. Or if I have a lottery allo- allotment, I will say, hey, does anyone want to go and get tickets? I can hook you up. But then and then we'll do the transfer thing and just send me a Venmo or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and then we'll get it sorted. You know, because I want other fans to be able to go to the game and have that experience, you know, if I can't go, you know, if I live closer, I'd be there every week. Um, But I live, you know, three and a half hours away. I'm not like Adam Dowling here, who's like an hour away. What's up, Adam? So, so I don't know if Mac, if that answers your question here about Notre Dame, you know, like the, the South Bend community, I I don't know. I'm not from there. I'm not even from Indiana. I, I moved to Indiana to go to grad school in 2008 from Gonzaga. Uh, I grew up in the Los Angeles area. I never stepped foot on campus at Notre Dame. I mean, fucking Bob Davey was the head coach because because I went to the football camp over the summer, right, which was awesome. Um, that was the first time I went to Notre Dame, right? And it was uh, right before Bob Davey's last season. Um, so that was, what, 2001? Okay. So the... Um, it uh, Notre Dame is 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 connected to South Bend, um, but I don't think it's necessarily because of a religious thing. And 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 that goes another step step. How many people are Notre Dame fans that aren't even Catholic? Like that's another another thing. Like like like, and, and then and then it's also weird as as Catholic person. Like like you you meet other Catholics and they're like, eh, I don't really give two shits about Notre Dame, and you're like wait, wait, what? Like, like for me, that seems like so weird and foreign, but it's also like, well, I'm sure there's a reason, you know, like you're, you just didn't care or you were a Nebraska fan or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Adam Dowling. Welcome back. What's up? You're allowed to cuss on this show. Unlike some other shows. I had to jump in a little bit on this conversation because yeah, I haven't heard your story, Adam. Same fandom really comes from, and I think it, you know, the Notre Dame fans aren't, and that that's kind of why we argue so much and disagree, is that we're not from Indiana, which I am, but I was going to say what? <laughs> we're not from, you know, most Alabama fans live in Alabama. Most uh, Texas fans live in Texas. We're on all corners of the country. A lot of it has to do with... Corners of the globe. What are you talking about, man? Being Catholic and Catholicism and all that. Stevie D. Irish, man. He's in Ireland, man. He's 
Yeah, it's just so you're in all corners, and a lot of it has to do with the the religious uh, factor. I believe that's what started. Sure, but um, it is it is Our Lady on the dome. Yeah, when you get on that toll road and you're leaving a game, you get on that Indiana toll road and you see the traffic going back to Chicago and no traffic coming back in the South Bend. And then in the morning when you see the traffic going in the South Bend and nothing going back towards Chicago, that kind of tells you, you know, the majority are the Catholics in the Chicagoland area that are going to the games. Sure, sure, sure. And that's kind of, you know, there's big Catholic leagues, a lot of Catholic schools in Northwest Indiana and the mm-hmm. Chicagoland area. So I would say the majority of people going to games are coming from there, but the fan base is obviously you're, you're from Los Angeles and you're a Notre Dame fan. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, what other, what other school has that? No one does. Exactly. And even, yeah. Is there like, someone in Louisiana wife. that's a Washington fan? Like, I'm sure there's a random person, but <laughs> not yeah, really. Not and my wife is the one that really notices it more than I do. Whenever we're at games every week, you see license plates from places all over. The Everywhere. In the park. That is so true. Yeah. That is 100% yeah. right. You see license plates from everywhere. Yeah. So I think it kind of started with our more, you know, I'm 41. So our grandparents um, and, and the religious factor and a lot of Irish, you know, just a lot of Catholic people and, and, and the good football that was played in those days, too. So it yeah. kind of yeah. brought everyone together. Yeah. Yeah, the um, I, I've got some in, inside connection to what's happening on campus this weekend. I won't go into that. Um, Adam, you're you you you're a season ticket holder. What what's your thought of uh, going to this game? I'm going, even though Saturday night I was yelling at my wife, telling her sell the tickets. I'm not going. What? I'm watching Caleb Williams run all over, but then by Monday I changed my mind. <laughs> what changed your mind mrs dowling just gave you the look or what's no i was just sometimes i get angry and i say things i don't really mean oh you've never done that on this show <laughs> so we, we need was... to be more irate i guess on this show i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah i just i was like the last thing i want to do is watch caleb williams run around and celebrate and, and then that's because we uh, hate him because he's a douchebag. He's a classless but, ass. But right. I'm hearing the weather is going to be pretty crappy. So yes, bring your my poncho. Wife, she's like, Tiffany's like, I'm not going. What? So, not going to go to the biggest home game of the year? She doesn't. Nope. When it, gets, when it starts getting under 50, she is not going. Really? So does that so, mean you have an extra ticket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I heard that. Normally my, da- Normally my dad goes with me, so he like, he's like, "Okay, That's it's getting cold. Can I come to the game yet?" <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like he's like Merlin and 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 uh, and Maverick on on Ready yeah. Five, right? <laughs> yeah. So but I saw some of them, uh, a few people tweeting like Notre Dame fans are selling their tickets, or they, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, the fuck said that?" Like um. I forget. I saw a tweet that said, like, it might have been John from All These Irish said, 
are Notre Dame fans really selling their tickets or just people talking? I, I would hope he gets more information for his show than just Twitter. I'm just going to go on a limb and just say that. Like, let's do some a little more like like Twitter is a very narrow, narrow like like lens like 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 there's an eclipse on saturday okay you probably can't see it in south bend because me cloudy and rainy and shitty right fine but but the thing is like if you're gonna view an eclipse you make an eclipse viewer you take like a piece of paper you put a pinhole in it right and you get like look through a cereal box like the whole thing like whatever you know it's 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 a thing you did in third grade science class fine Twitter is like that, like like you're you're poking a little hole in a piece of paper, and this is the amount of information you're getting. That's Twitter, okay? Like, there's way more information, and and how many Notre Dame fans, you know, the seventy eighty thousand people are actually on Twitter? You know, like like I've got like a thousand followers. That's cool, you know. But how many of those people like actually go to games, you know, or even live in the the area where they can be season ticket holders. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you start, you start there's, like, uh, like, like peeling the layers away. There, there's no way that, that, you know, it, it happens like that. I think a lot of people are just angry Saturday night too, and making comments. Well, that's that that's a hundred percent. I mean, you know, you weren't on our <laughs> post game show, but we had all sorts of good comments. You know, Mac here had some very ballsy, bold questions. I don't know if you've heard our, uh, a replay of the post game show, Adam, and uh, the um, no, we we look, we're, we're approaching this from a sur- surgical strategic standpoint, constructive criticism standpoint, um, and you know, I mean, shit, Lynch was 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 you know up in the infirmary here, so maybe it's Lynch's fault here. I don't know. We haven't heard from Uncle June in a long time, even though we invite him to speak. He just listens. He's eating, you know, cheese crisps over at uh, Makayo's or whatever the fuck he's doing down there in in the Phoenix area. He's he's trying to figure out how to score some points. Well, well, I mean, that's ASU. But the uh, I'll say I'll say one thing. They don't have Portillo's. Hey Adam, tell Mac how we do how... have a Portillos. We do have a Portillos. You have Portillos? Here. There's multiple, yeah. You have multiple what? One... in Arizona? There's one there's... Yeah, there's one 10 minutes from my house. There's one right near Portillos ASU. Are... Yeah. Portillos are everywhere. Why is why do you I'm t- like I don't know what a Portillos. cake shake is? Stop. Cake, <laughs> cake. Talk dirty to me. Okay. Uh, you know, cake cake shakes a little too much. Maybe it's because I'm not much of a dessert person. I'm just like, look, just give me my beef, dip it, put some cheese on it, and and some uh, gardenera, and that's it. I'm good. I'm good. They have, they have elite fries. I'm not gonna lie about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> love love their fries with cheese on them. Oh my god! You haven't had the fries that I made at the OLG festival. Okay, I'm just saying. You know, I didn't get an invite. I don't know. Did you get one, Adam? <laughs> no. no. Ouch. Right. God. Just checking. Just saying. You know. <laughs> Fuck you, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> hey, hey, what's like the, uh, so, so, like, if you go to a Niner game, like, tri-tip and lobster could be, like, is kind of what we're known for. What is a Notre Dame tailgate food? What's that note? What are they known for there? Uh, you know, I I don't think it's one thing. I mean, you're going to a tourist destination for a game. 
That like if you go to when, when when you go to a, your first Notre Dame game, you'll see, you know, all the fans want to talk all that crap, but they're touring the campus the whole day. They want to see everything. They want to yeah, see the grotto. I, it's, like, it's not as food centric. Well, and and my my thought here is is like if you're going to a Notre Dame game, like and you've never been to campus, get there a day early so you can actually enjoy campus, and then on game day you can take into account, you know, like the player walk or you know. Trumpets under the dome. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Or, you know, the concert in front of the Bond Hall or the march in or just the tailgating scene, you know, with Adam or, or me, you know, like, and, and, and this is probably a good segue. I am going to the pit game and I am going to the Wake Forest game. So I am coming to two games. Um, you're talking about like, well, what's the good food at, uh, at Notre Dame, you know, in the tailgate. And this is what I thought of. And and no, we're not going to eat crickets, but it was just more like, yeah, I don't know, burgers, brats, I don't know, like kind of the usual stuff. Like I don't, yeah, I don't think just normal stuff. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing too nothing elaborate, crazy. you know. Like there's the occasional tailgate that's got like a whole fucking you know bar with TVs and audio equipment everywhere, and I'm just more like, yeah, I just feel cool with my little flag that I telescope up under my car tire, you know. Well, and also football, Uncle, college. Uncle, Go ahead. Uncle June's totally right, though. It's more of a tourist. People are there to walk around and see everything. Half it seems almost seems like half the people that are there every week haven't been there before, and this mm-hmm. is like a bucket list trip or a first time, and they want to go see everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like the uh, the perfect. serious hardcore, you know, tailgater people, you know, like they're there to hang out with their friends and they're here to, you know, just enjoy time before the game and then and then we go into the game and we scream our heads off. But yeah, no, like like for the me who's been there example, many times, it's like meh. The perfect example is we walked to the grotto, the Ohio State game, me and my wife. I was like, let's go walk to the grotto, you know, and go light a candle and do all that stuff. And there's like Ohio State fans everywhere around there. And my wife's like, Man, there's a lot of red. I'm like you're seeing a lot of red because everyone's over here trying to see the basilica and the dome and the grotto yeah, right. and all that. And so, and we walked back and we got in the stadium and there was barely, I don't know, maybe maybe twenty five percent. Adam, I gotta ask you this question since since you've been to campus a, a couple times. Um, what's your favorite place on campus? My favorite place on campus. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you can pass to Mrs. Dowling. Um, Why don't I, I don't get know. in? I've got right. a lot of favorite places on campus. I love. You can being talk in. Just jump in. Adam's beating around the bush. Jump on. I love walking, just being outside the tunnel, watching the band march in the stadium before the game. That's one of my favorite things to do. Awesome. Otherwise, going down the. Otherwise, going down to the grotto and the basilica. I mean, I, how can you beat that? It just, yeah. It's just something about it. It feels, it feels good. Absolutely. My favorite place is the basilica. I get I get chills yeah. every time I go in there. I love the basilica. Yeah. My wife's always like, man, I wish we could get married in here. That's what she yeah, always said. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Can, can you, don't you have to... Isn't there like a day... Where like you have to call in and then it's like two years in advance and some shit like that. I have no. I remember idea, hearing like rumors about like thing. like if you want to get married in the basilica, you have to like do this thing and it's like there's one day and it's like a window and it's like 
that's your time. And like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tiffany was just yelling. She said she heard it was a three year wait to even be considered. <laughs> I would totally do that. I, you know, and if I, if I went to the, I mean, it's a Basilica, right? This isn't, this isn't just like you're in a, your local Catholic church. This is a Basilica. They're desi- the the Pope has like blessed them with, you know, more than holy water, right? Because he he talks directly to God, and and then at the same time, like you've got you, basilicas are designed to, with the intent of not only a lifting lifting up your spirituality, but to be able to offer the sacraments, and matrimony is one of those sacraments. I'm just saying, okay. I mean, I got married yeah. at St. Augustine's in Spokane, Washington, which was awesome. But it's not mm-hmm. the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. Just saying. So. No. <laughs> awesome. No, it's, it's definitely... Uh... Uncle June, yeah. what's your yeah. favorite place on campus, man? I, You know, my favorite place on campus... the You know, the original drive, like the first drive you make up to the roundabout sort of you know, down to the Golden Dome. That's like sort of when you know you're there. Yep. And I think every time I go, I even now, even every time I go, I think, oh, this is this is like like seeing a movie star. You know, like, oh gee, it's like Brad Pitt chilling, you know. Um and I also love the the just like the, the the is it a reflection pond right in front of Touchdown Jesus? Yeah, there you go. Sort of that. Like yeah. just to sort of be there, but um, I agree. If you're going for your first time, go up Friday or even go up Thursday and Friday. I've done that twice now with games where I've gone a few days in advance just to be there when it's sort of neutral, you know, and not mm. crazy because it's, I mean, it's a special place. Go in the and summer, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Catholic either. by the way. Yeah, for sure. And you know what we like doing too is, um, we usually pick like one game a year even though we didn't do it this year and we spend the night there and right there on campus and mm. on Sunday we walk around when, yeah. when people have been gone really nice. On that's Sunday. that's, that's so true. One, yeah. That is so true. Like, like we always do that. Like when we go up, especially for an evening game, like, like 2019, the doc and I went up for uh, the USC game. Um, and you know, uh, great memory. It ended up being our Christmas card, which was awesome. And that was a win too, which was fun. It's the only time I've actually seen Notre Dame beat USC live in person. I've seen uh, four USC games. Two of them were losses. One was a tie. Um, so the, uh, the 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 whole point was like you you go to the game on Saturday. It's all about the game, right? That that if you if you stay in a hotel nearby or on campus or whatever you want to do. And then you like say go to mass on Sunday, and you, or you just go out to breakfast, and you just want to walk campus after that. It's totally different ball game, right? Like like it's it's like empty. It's just like a normal college campus, right? It's just really pretty. <laughs> and I would say like do it like now too when the leaves are changing, right? That's, yeah, that's the best after time. that it's gonna be really cold and crappy, and just wait till the summer, right? <laughs> Yeah, if I go, when I go, I want to do kind of like, I'll probably go down for five days or something like Ooh. that. And yeah, well, no, because I want to do, you know, Sunday mass and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and also I was thinking if I go to a 
if I go to a what what time does it start? So it starts at eleven o'clock Pacific. So what a one o'clock game game back there. I can also go and if, and to the Compton Ice Arena or Ice Center, Compton Family Ice Center, and maybe catch two games, see the hockey team. Now you're talking. So, the um, I'm 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 uh, I'm gonna start to push a uh, a giant Twitterati reunion per se. Um, Adam, I may need your help on this. Um, I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule here next year. I know we're talking about USC, but you know we're talking about it right now. Um, I'm thinking Stanford of October 12th. I, I'm uh, and and the real some of the people that are gonna gonna drive this are people that live really far away that are huge hardcore fans. People like Mac, people like Wookie in Florida, people like Stevie D Irish who lives in fucking Ireland. Okay, people that love Notre Dame want to come back for a game. Um, we we got to get the whole crew for a game. You know, like people show up on Friday. You know, like like plan now. Just say, look, we're doing this trip. Tickets, we'll figure out, right? There's tons of people that got connections. We'll figure out tickets, right? Um, make the make the make the effort, make the intent to come to Notre Dame. I'm gonna say Stanford, October twelfth, twenty twenty four. That's just one man's opinion here. I think that's the game we should pick. Because other than that, it's it's you know, do we really want to do Louisville again? <laughs> Probably not. Miami of Ohio, see, no. Northern Illinois, no. I'd love to see Troy Taylor, former Sacramento State coach. Local Folsom Folsom High School from that's right around the corner for me. What are you up in San Anselmo, San Anselmo or something? Or what are you... No, no. I live in uh, Sacramento. Oh, okay. I went to okay. Sacramento State, so he he was he pretty much is the he's the best coach. At Sacramento State history, and so Troy Taylor's now yeah, and now he now he's at Stanford coach. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. There it is. There it is. All right. Well, I probably won't. There's no way I'm going to be able to go on a trip with this with our son now. Um, I'm probably five years out. I understood understood no you're doing the right thing you got a you got a kid you got to i got i got one one already out of the womb you know i got a, I got a two-year-old and i got i got one in the womb right now so we're uh yeah and that's funny like i haven't actually done this analysis i got to kind of figure out like overlap you know the 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 playoff schedule and the bowl games around when um you know you know second baby irish faithful is coming um in early january so um i'm not really sure what's going to happen with the podcast right now you know it's pr- probably going to go on hiatus but uh those leprechauns isn't on i'll have to send him a text but <laughs> no that's that, that's kind of how we're rolling okay look the um there's a ton of stat stuff we have not gotten to um i won't get too much into this um look we're going to skip all the points off turnovers piece on Louisville. If you want to do this analysis, it's not as bad as I thought. I, I, yes, Notre Dame had five turnovers against Louisville. Um, we're just going through my burning, going to burn through the stats. Let's, let's micro machine this sucker. 
we had five turnovers, but really Louisville only scored three times on them. uh, Once was a punt and once was the end of the game. Only once did they score a touchdown. And that was actually the first one after our first possession. Um, We threw an interception and it took them 12 plays and 70 yards before they scored a touchdown. Now, what's really interesting as I looked at scoring drives is something I started doing last year. Notre Dame was 27% in this game, so not great. Louisville was 50%, so really good for them. Okay, to score on half of all your offensive drives, that includes, you know, taking a knee and all that shit. Yeah, really good. What's really crazy about this Louisville game is, okay, they scored on their first possession after we turned the ball over to them, but then Louisville didn't score on the next six possessions. The next six, our defense blanked him out. And we were still in this game in the third quarter with like eight and a half minutes or whatever it was left um, in the third quarter. So like, and we were actually up at that point, you know, people forget that. And then it kind of just things kind of imploded. And, um, but what did happen is Louisville did score on their next six drives, um, which is not good. So, so that <laughs> it's like, oh, we did good for the first half of their drives, and then the last half we didn't. So, um, so, so that that's kind of a bummer there. Um, one thing that really bothered me about this game as well, the Louisville game, and then we'll get more into the USC piece, and then we'll get a little scary at the end here of the show. Scoring drives, um, and run percentage. So, look, the last three games, you know, you know, Adam Lynch. Uncle June, Mac, everybody, you know, you look at these last three games, it looked totally different from where we were at the beginning in the first four. Now, grant the strength of schedule competitions, you know, totally different. Um, But like, look, Louisville scoring drives, you know, we scored on 27% of our drives, 33% for Duke and 22% in Ohio State, worst it ever was. And the same way, running percentage is also not good. We ran the ball 42% of the time against Louisville, worst it has been all year, 50% in Duke. And Ohio State, believe it or not, we actually ran the ball uh, 61%. It's crazy. But you take the average of that, it's 51%. Versus the first four games, the first four games, we averaged scoring 62% on all of our drives and running the ball 56%. It's nuts. Um, and to put that in perspective, national champions over the last 10 years average 55.6% running the ball. Um, so, so clearly we've kind of tapered off from running for some weird reason uh during duke and louisville of all teams ohio state you know 60 percent of the time running the football like uh, i don't get it like i don't get why we can't run the ball against it's duke and louisville and and i think that is a key to this usc game um but even after all that notre dame's still 16th and sagarin and you know here's what's also crazy so so we lost to louisville Sagarin has them still ranked at 24th behind us, which is crazy. We beat Duke, fine, they're 30th. Ohio State's second in Sagarin. Do you guys know who number one is in Sagarin? Anybody? Bueller. 
crickets. It's Michigan. Michigan per Sagarin is the number one team in the country, which is crazy. Um, I feel like I need to verify this. Yeah, it's Michigan. Then Ohio State, then Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia. It's all math. I don't, I don't know what to say. But they also have Notre Dame at 16. So there it is. Um, Clemson's 20th. USC is 13th. But we kind of talked about that earlier with their strength of schedule. You know, they struggled against ASU. Um, you know, they went to three overtimes. Or excuse me, Arizona. Excuse me. Not the team in Tempe. The team in Tucson. But yeah, different stuff, different stuff. All right, anybody else got anything else to say before I scare the shit out of everybody with what I think is the problem with USC? This is, uh, dun, 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 you know. I, I, one thing, if they can establish the run and present their identity and stick with it and not rotate many back, I, if, if, if Estime is getting 15 carries, maybe a little more. Then more. I do think Notre Dame. Please more. I think I think Notre Dame could win, win this game, especially with the rain and and whatnot. And then maybe do a little bit, you know, use the run and then uh, branch off of it. You know, like you were saying, good teams can tell a team what the play is and do it anyway, and then yeah. branch off of it. That's what they need. That's what this this team has lacked. I think the last two and a half games of going back into the second half of Ohio State game, they've gone away from their identity. They need to stick with it and help Sam Hartman out by establishing that run. Because Sam Hartman, I mean, he he was he was a lamb for slaughter because you weren't setting him up for success if, if that makes sense well yeah i mean like like and we we mentioned this and we talked about this in the post game show and you were on it and you had some great points and and sam hartman you know was credited with 38 pass attempts it was crazy high and then he was quote-unquote credited with 10 rushing attempts it really wasn't it was probably more like you know two rushes um you know for on like a like a short yardage or whatever situation you know so really you're probably looking at like 46 pass attempts you know <laughs> it's like that's bullshit like there's no reason why we should do that you know with you know someone like jeremiah love audrick estimate jadarian price jabron Payne. like there's no reason why we should be putting all this pressure on hartman like yeah just go out there like you're you know, I don't know, Joe Montana or something. And it's like, look, I like Hartman, but he's not Joe Montana. Okay. You know, he doesn't have, you know, you know, Ken McAfee here. He's got Mitchell Evans, right? Mitchell Evans has, has one touchdown. He says one touchdown all freaking season. He finally got one in this game, which is great. Um, but for fuck's sakes, you know, like, 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 Jordan Faison had one and I, I listened to someone else today. It was five foot nothing pod who's shopping, by the way, you know, slight to you. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, apparently, he was like a walk-on or something. He's like new to the team. Like, I don't even know who this guy is, but like, like in respect, I'm happy he got a touchdown. But it's like, like, Jane Thomas didn't get a touchdown. Merriweather, Tyree, Stays, Rico Flores. None of these guys got one. You know, Great House. No one got a touchdown. 
Jordan Faison got a touchdown. Like, like that's cool. You know, I'm happy anyone gets a touchdown. But it's like, mm, okay. So, the um. All right, here's here's what bothers me about this USC game. Look, scotch and spreadsheets, right? Th- this is what we do on this show, and I'm never going to bullshit you guys. And there have been times where I have purposely neglected certain statistics and just said, yeah, I think it'll be okay, da-da-da. Case in point, the uh, Cincinnati game. From 2021. You guys remember that sucker? Yeah, it didn't end too well. All right, here's the problem. Um, we let Louisville score 33 points, right? Here's kind of a math statistics thing, right? Now, prior to the game, Louisville averaged 37 points prior to playing Notre Dame, and they put up 33. Yes, there's turnovers. There's other things that are going on here that lead to that. But if I just look at it from a pure math stance... You take the percentage difference of that, Notre Dame limited them by minus 10%. Okay, and they got 33 points from their baseline of 37 coming into the game. Fine. So if I take the same minus 10% delta with USC, hope you guys are sitting for this, you end up with 46 points. USC averages 518 eight points a game i will repeat that average 51.8 points which means it's higher and lower they're the number one team in points per game number one team in scoring offense to put it another way there's only one team that notre dame has played so far this season where we scored over 50 points or even more points than 46 points, which is the minus 10% delta. That was Tennessee State. <laughs> Scored 56. That's cool. Against a team I hadn't heard of before two years ago when the game was announced. Now we scored 45 against NC State, but even then we're still, you know, a point shy. We lose the game, right? Central Michigan 41, Navy 42. So, so even based off of the first four games. The average of that is still not better than 10%, minus 10% of USC's. Now, is our defense better than all the other defenses Notre Dame has, or excuse me, USC has played? Of course. So, but based off of the math, it's not making me feel really good. Okay. All right. They are also the first place team in passing touchdowns they're also the first place team in total touchdowns total touchdowns passing touchdowns scoring offense those are the top three stats that i pay attention to why because that's what national champions do over the last 10 years for the people the legacy people like adam lynch uncle june you guys know Total touchdowns, most important stat. National champions of the last 10 years, they averaged 4.2 in this stat. Passing touchdowns, national champions averaged 8.6, ranking out of 133 teams. Scoring offense, also 8.6. Okay? USC is number one, number one, and number fucking one in all three 
stats. The, they take the the gold medal, the bronze medal, and the silver medal. They're just they just give us all the medals. They they at this point in in the season. Shit that makes you kind of want to sit down and and drink a scotch, which is why we're holding one. Okay. So, so I don't feel good when I see that, okay, that we're playing the most powerful offense in the United States of America, okay? <laughs> um, they're number two in tackles for loss. They average nine and a half tackles for loss, which is really weird because their defense as a whole is trash, but they're still the second-ranked team in tackles for loss in the country. Do you guys know what we are? We're 121st in the same statistic. We're terrible in tackles for loss. I will continue. Sacks per game. USC is sixth in the country. They average 3.6 sacks. Say that 10 times fast. 3.6 stats. Sixth in the country. We're 109th in this statistic. Not good. And other things that I talk about that no one else decides to talk about because they'd rather just, you know, well, I don't want to talk trash about other blogs or articles or media people or podcasters, whatever. Yards per point, they're better than us. 10.1, we're 12.8. Rushing attempts per touchdown, it's an efficiency thing. Every they score a touchdown every nine point nine times they attempt a run. We're nineteen point eight. Ten more. Last week didn't help in that statistic. Passing attempts per touchdown. They're much more efficient than us. Eleven point two. It's not good, guys. It's not good. No no no. They're eight point seven. We're eleven point two. What am I saying? So it's not good. Like, like, look, this has potential to be really bad. If the defense is missing tackles, if all the fears we have about Notre Dame, all the all the the demons that we had in the in the uh, the Louisville game come out, you know, and say like, ah, you know, da 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 da, uh, it, it just doesn't look good, right? You know, look. I'm going off data. I'm going off information, right? And, and and I even plugged in my numbers from the bull pick them, right? And it still came out that said Notre Dame wasn't going to win. Look, my heart wants Notre Dame to win. I really do. But I, I just can't go with them. Like, I, and I don't bet against Notre Dame. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I definitely don't do any sports betting. I'm just saying the numbers don't tell me that Notre Dame is going to win. I don't know how Vegas is coming up with this. Again, Vegas is saying Notre Dame is a two and a half point favorite, which is weird. Uh, they're saying teamrankings.com, a, a reputable website is saying Notre Dame is a 55% chance of winning. That's great. I feel good about that, but I break down these other things, the efficiency of the offense. I, I can't ignore it. That, that, Offense has statistically been much more important than defense. I, I will flat out say that. Yes, defense wins championships. That's why I don't think USC is going to win a championship. But we're not playing for a championship this Saturday. We're just playing for a win. And I don't see Notre Dame 
being successful? Uh, can I ask a question? Yeah, go the, for it, man. The missed tackles. Okay. Is that something that you see where they're lacking speed to get in good position or they're not taking the right angles and tackling with technique? You know, the, the, that's a good question. So, so there, unless someone points it out to me, and if, if anyone does, by all means, please point to me. I, it's very difficult to find statistics that say missed tackles. Now, I can watch the game with my own eyeballs and know that we're fucking missing tackles, you know, left and right the last couple seasons, you know, greater than anything I've seen since 2016, which is, it's not that, that bad, but it's, it's still not great. Um, you know, we're nowhere near where we were under Clark Lee. I'll just put it that way. Um, that being said, um, it, it, it's, because USC has such a powerful offense, we do need to be in a sound position to tackle. And this isn't USC. This is historically a speedy, you know, aggressive, um, you know, fluid team on offense. Is our defense fluid? Yeah, I would not describe them as that. Statistically, they've done well. And, and I did not break down our defensive performance over the last three games versus like what it has been for the whole season. So I, I think, I think my point to that is if it's a speed thing and depending on how hard it rains, I mean, I, I could see the, I could see Notre Dame being able to kind of shut them down. Um, but like, 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 let me, let me put it another way, and this is not to be a Debbie Downer or to be negative, Nancy. We, we, we let Louisville score thirty three points against us. Louisville, like Louisville, they were, they weren't trash, right? But they were the twenty first ranked team in scoring offense. Okay, like, like half a point ahead of Notre Dame. We're going against the number one scoring offense in the fucking country. I, I I can't ignore that fact. Like like it's USC. I hate them, you know. But they've put up a shit ton of points, and you're talking about taking bad angles and and missed tackles and shit like that. And it's like, got like like. Look, if Notre Dame comes out and guts out, you know, and just digs down deep and, and shows more grit and toughness and all these things, like, that's great. I'm with you guys. I really want that to happen. But but I can't blow rainbows and sunshine at you guys. I can't say that, oh, Notre Dame's going to rebound from the Louisville game and da, da, da. Like, no, I'm looking at data. I'm looking at information. And it doesn't point to a good thing like like you guys can't see this maybe i'll put this in a tweet or something but like when i compare things side to side and and just to make it very obvious of who's better in what stat like rushing touchdowns for example we're 33rd ranked in the country we have 12 they have 17 they're ranked third what i do is I, i i highlight it and say this one's better but it's not just like like yellow or, or whatever. 
No, like if it's green, green means that they're doing better than national champion on average. Yellow means it's better than the opponent, but it's not better than the national champion average. There's a fuck ton of green in the USC column on this spreadsheet tonight, which is not good. I was just, I just, my point was, is if you could keep them, I could see Notre Dame with the help of the conditions, holding them to 21, maybe 24 points. And that gives them a chance. Yeah. That's what I was kind of trying to say. Cause now if you could put up, you know, that amount, you know, you uh, now you got a, a weird turnover, a sloppy handoff. With the rain, yeah, I could see that helping. And plus, you know, sixteen mile per hour winds, almost twenty mile per hour winds. You know, is Brandon Rice is Brandon Rice going to be as effective in a twenty mile per hour wind? That's kind of my point. If they can muddy it, make it a really muddy game, like a just one of those kind of games where kind of like when the Bears beat the Forty ers last year. It just became a really ugly game. If that can happen, I think Notre Dame's got a better shot at winning and is more designed at winning that type of a game, like a nasty game, than uh, USC is. I mean, I I will say this: like, look, I'm I'm looking at, I'm I'm trying to approach this from a numbers standpoint, you know, because no one else does this, you know, no other podcast does this. You know, some of some of these news article people, they do this, but no other podcast is going to give the analysis that I do. Um, And that's not to toot my own horn. It's just a fact. USC has played San Jose State, a team that just lost to Boise State. Yay, go Broncos. Um, They beat Nevada 66 to 14. They beat Stanford, who's really down. Arizona State, Colorado and Arizona. The team that scored, let let, let me rephrase it this way. USC scored the least amount of points versus Arizona State with 42. Now, what I will say, and I I didn't look at Sagarin because I don't have to. I'd be very curious of all these six teams they've played. What is the highest ranking of them in Sagarin? It's probably Colorado. Maybe ASU. I don't know. The the problem that USC has with Sagarin in their ranking is the fact that they haven't played anyone worth a crap. You know, they'll play they'll play Washington um, in about like three four weeks. Three weeks they play Utah um, after Notre Dame, California. Yeah, well, they'll play Cal, but Cal's not good right now. And then, right. you know, Oregon's Oregon's good, and then and UCLA's doing pretty good too, right? So, so their their schedule is very back heavy, um, much more back heavy than say Michigan. But the um, like like Notre Dame is really the first real team that SC has played. So so if someone wants to say that USC is smoke and mirrors because they haven't played anybody. I'm kind of with you, and if so, that's someone's someone's argument, I'm with you. But you can't fake, you know, putting up an average of fifty fucking points a game. 
you can't fake that. No, and I would also say three of those teams, and this doesn't mean that they're top 25 team, but I do think three of those teams that you named that they beat are at least bowl teams. Yeah, but like no one gives a shit like, about like the pinstripe bowl or the sun bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not no, I'm not I mean, saying that to belittle you. I'm just saying like but, well, like But that's not like it playing Navy like like I'm not trying to belittle Notre Dame, but that's a little bit better competition than Navy or 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 you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to I'm just saying it. It's no, not... I hear what you're saying. Like, like there, there are teams that are at least you know f- going to finish with a winning record, right? I think that's right. what you're trying you're to say. Putting in a, you're not putting an FCS team on 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 there. That's all. <laughs> no, are you, are you saying that's the problem with, with Notre Dame? We shouldn't have played Tennessee State. Well, hold hold on. There are good FCS teams like North Dakota. Yeah, Montana, why don't we like playing an actual legit team? Yeah, yeah. Like Play I'm Eastern Washington put... on the red field. <laughs> I'm not trying to put. I've it down. actually I walked mean, on that field. It's a fucking trip, man. <laughs> I I saw Cooper Cup play when he was there. I saw him play against Sac State, and I've also seen um, oh shoot, what was his name from Philadelphia? He's no longer in Philadelphia. Um, he went to oh gosh, he was he's in the Big Sky because they all play Sac State. Um. Yeah, what was his name? He got hurt. Nick Foles took over. Are you talking about the NFL or something? Yeah, Carson Wentz when he was he was in the Big Sky. Oh, sorry. I'm just saying I've seen. <laughs> I, I don't really watch a lot of NFL, and it's it's mostly because I get a lot of eyeball time to Notre Dame. But yeah, no. Oh no, I was talking about the Big Sky. Like there are good teams in the FCS. It's not like so when I was saying that uh, I think USC was playing uh, when I was saying they, it's not like they played a tough FCS team like a Montana. Yeah. If that makes sense. There. Yeah. All right. Well, this, this has been a very long, long show. Mac really appreciate you. Adam Dowling is connecting. He's probably nodding off Lynch. You're recovering in the infirmary. Glad you're on the up and up and kind of vertical. At least you're talking to us, right? <laughs> Uncle June's been listening on. Really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate everybody for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful show. I think I think we're about done. Mac, any last thoughts before we go into USC? Pray. Pray. I'm I'm <laughs> with you there. Should, what what should we say? A rosary. What, let's see. What's uh, I don't know. I mean, a, a, who's the patron saint on Saturday? I don't know. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, have a good night. Yeah, no problem, man. Hey, really appreciate you coming in strong last two two weeks. You know, hey, coming. This is what we do. You know, you you jump on the show. We'll give you all the time you want, right? We've had a lot of good people jump on. Anyone who's talked, who's chatted with us, people who just listened. Um, a couple people said a few words. It's all good. Um, this is the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. This is uh, Don't Stop Recon's Media. We're uncensored to an extent. Uh, just don't break any commandments on the show. That's basically are really only a rule um <laughs> we, we've uh we've even had uh opposing fans at, at some point really appreciate everybody for the fighting our faithful show i i can't give notre dame a win over usc i think they've got too much firepower and we've hit too many speed bumps i would love to be wrong i would love to be wrong but i'm not gonna bullshit you guys like i'm not gonna blow sunshine up your asses i'm not gonna be negative either i'm not gonna be just you know 
ah, Notre Dame's got too many problems and we can't fix anything, so I'm just going to complain about our football team. No, that's not what I do. Um, I I really think that, that we do have an opportunity to bounce back. I do think we have the ability to go ahead and and rise up. I think Notre Dame can be successful against USC. But we've got to get back to basics. We've got to get back to a situation of, look, this is Notre Dame football. When your back is against the wall, you need to go out there against all the odds and say, fuck you, Trojans. We're going to win. It's cold. It's rainy. Welcome to the Midwest. Here I am. How you like me now? This is where we're at. This is Notre Dame. This is the fall. The leaves are changing. It's getting cold. They don't even know what that looks like in Southern California. All they have is palm trees and beach sand and In-N-Out Burger. And In-N-Out's wonderful. It's great. Um, <laughs> but they don't have Portillo's, which we've established on this show. Maybe we should call this Portillo's podcast. I don't know. Um, look. Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame goes back to some fundamental basics, run the football, take a lot less pressure off the quarterback, focus on fundamentals, just get to basic footballs. We have a talented football team. We can beat USC. Based off the data and the information in front of me, I can't say that we're going to win. But I want us to win. That doesn't mean we won't win, but I want us to win. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. We will be here. Fighting Irish Faithful Show on Dust Leprechauns Media. We're coming. And we're coming for you, Trojans. You're coming to South Bend. Get ready, baby. Get ready. Uh, If anyone's going to this game, scream your head off. We got Dominic and John. I know you guys... I know you guys are going to be there. We're going to bring it. I think we can do it. I think we can can beat the Trojans. I'm just not convinced of it. You know, I I need more evidence and I'm not going to bullshit you guys. So that's where we're at. Go out with some fun rooting music tonight. Go Irish, beat Trojans. Trojans!